Welcome to Reapproaching Christ, the podcast where we love the scriptures and bring you contemporary insights into the scriptures and Christ's perfect messages for our day. I'm your host, Dr. John Dunn. Welcome back to Reapproaching Christ. Today we're going to take a little look at what we call quote unquote permanent things and how that relates to Christ. Now we're all human and we have this frailty that we're looking for permanence in our lives you know, on an everyday basis, you know, if we put up a fence around our yard, we're hoping, oh, that's going to be my last fence. It's going to be my permanent fence. If we want to cement two things together and we look for a permanent cement, if you read the fine print on the uh, bottle, it's going to say last 15 years. So the world really tends to offer nothing that truly approaches permanence. And we're looking in this case for things that are lasting dependable, unchanging. You know, that does not just deal with physical items. We're also talking about philosophies. We're talking about scientific theories and quote-unquote facts. And one of the things that demonstrates that whole idea is when Albert Einstein was a college professor in Switzerland and one of his research assistants came up to him flabbergasted that, Professor Einstein, you've just handed out the final exam for the year and it's the same one you used last year. So the students are going to know all the questions. And Einstein said, that's not a problem. The correct answers have all changed. You know, we've learned so much more just in a year. And one of the things that we, we find is that the philosophies of people and the governance that we have, the administration we have, things change all the time. You know, what's popular What's the philosophy of the month, the flavor of the month? And we really can't hang our hats on even science as being permanently true. In the pharmaceutical industry, you could find out that the drug of one year is the greatest thing ever heard of, and the next year is the thalidomide that we are dreading. So I love bumper stickers. And a few of the bumper stickers that I've seen recently uh, one was for a local church. It said, like, Harborview Church, all welcome. Perfect people need not attend. Love that bumper sticker. I thought it was great. So another one that was cracked me up at first. I saw it from a distance on the freeway, and I pulled up behind the car and said, body piercing saved my life. I thought it was for a tattoo parlor. It was for a church and had a depiction of the Savior's forearm where the nails had had gone through on the cross. So body piercing saved my life. My all-time favorite, though, the classic from the 1960s, is it's red and white. You've seen it, I'm sure. Question authority. Now, when that came out, that was a very cynical attitude. Came out at a time when people were questioning the government, the administration, that they weren't being straight with us, that they weren't giving us the true facts behind why we were going to wars, that sort of thing. So it had a very cynical attitude about it. And my father, at the time, he was a college professor. He would drive on campus. He would see all of these question authority bumper stickers. He would go into class to give a lecture, and the students would be very, very unresponsive. And he would say, look, I am just trying to help you out the best I can. I'm being honest with you. I've studied all these years. I'm a professor because I profess to know something. And I'm telling you, you should listen to at least what I've got to say. Don't just come in here with a cynical attitude like, oh, you can't teach me anything. So it does have a real downside to it if you look at it in that light. However, as Christians, as disciples, we can view 
question authority in an entirely different positive light. Firstly, we can look at it as a warning, a counsel by the Savior not to believe every whimsy of philosophy that comes along. You have to look at who is speaking, what they're professing, and if it actually aligns with the scriptures and what Christ taught. And if it doesn't, that person is not a true authority. Now, in terms of the Savior, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 7, the people are just amazed at this greatest sermon that's ever been given. And here's what it says in Matthew 7, 28 and 29. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The scribes were those who just put the philosophy of the day on the table, didn't change anything, maintained the status quo, but didn't get to the heart of the truth. Christ here was teaching as one having authority, who actually knew what he was talking about. So when we as disciples see that attitude, question authority, that should mean to us the underlying truth should be find an authority that you can trust. That would be Christ. That would be your scriptures. Find an authority you can trust and then question them. Question authority. Question the authority you trust. And you should trust them and question them about how should I live my life? Whom should I serve? What should I testify about? These are the long-lasting, permanent things in your life. And you need a true authority to counsel you on that. So in John 3.15, it says, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, through the resurrection, everybody is promised a perfected, eternal body. We can eternally live with our Father in heaven. We can be in his presence. That's something that's true and lasting and dependable. It's an underlying truth that's never going to change. In John 3.36, it refers to it as everlasting. So it's eternal and everlasting. As we reapproach Christ, we find out he teaches only permanent things. And that should be what we seek in our lives. Romans 2.7 tells us to seek for immortality and eternal life. How do you do that? Savior's admonition to ask, seek, and knock. You ask. You question authority. You find his authority and you question it. You seek. You approach our Father in heaven in prayer. You reapproach Christ to find out what he taught, how he taught it, and what he would have us do with our lives. And you knock. You say, I want to enter your presence. I want the Holy Ghost to touch me. I want to ask, seek, and knock. Seek for immortality and eternal life. Seek for those things that are permanent in Christ, the things that are lasting, dependable, and unchanging. All those things that the world cannot offer. So as we reapproach Christ, I want you this week to think about what is truly permanent, what is truly fleeting that the world offers, and question Christ in his authority to find out the best path for you in your life. We look forward to seeing you again here on Reapproaching Christ. I'm Dr. John Dunn.